guess what, guys? Comedy Film Nerds at 444, halfway to triple eight. Yes. And, uh, you know, no guess, just uh, just mano y mano. Mano <laughs> You and I, because we're yeah. talking about a boxing yeah, movie, yeah, is that exactly. what we're going to use? Just, just two guys in a co- yeah. in a podcasting yeah. ring in a squared circle. We're going to talk about movies. Two enter, yeah. one leave. I yeah. guess that's how this episode's going to go down. And you know, I always thought too, it's like, um, you know, we should maybe um, announce our guests for the upcoming weeks. And then I realized, no, we shouldn't. No, not when because, they cancel no. two hours ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. So that, um, you know, that's not really, uh, that's why we don't announce guests uh, coming up. Because they might not ever because make they it. they may not make it. And then you're like, oh, well, you never had them booked. Oh, no, we did. We did. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. So, uh, so we could we'll go see. the other way and just lie. Yeah, we could. Tom oh, Hanks yeah. is next <laughs> week's guest, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. He'll make it. I'm sure mm-hmm. he won't cancel at the last yes. minute. <laughs> then after that is uh, Spielberg. Yep. And, and, uh, and then Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Yes. <laughs> Him and, we may have. And Kurosawa, so. I believe, is coming yeah, yeah. back from the dead to do yep. our show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if those changes, guys just... Yeah, well, it's not our fault. <laughs> you know, that means they have, they'll have canceled at the last minute. <laughs> so... I'm going to have Vladimir Putin on yeah. <laughs> uh, Political Vigilante, so please tune into that. Maybe you already have. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Russia controls everything. <laughs> it's not America's stupid two-party political system. It's that the Soviets hacked it. Got it. Um, well, anyway. to, to be fair, I don't think they're innocent. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. They're not innocent at all, but this notion that no other corruption from within our country is like i think it's safe to assume um there's shenanigans at every level at every level <laughs> the dnc uh yeah. primary was rigged the republicans gerrymander and voter suppress both parties do yeah. awful shit so this notion that putin with its hundred thousand dollars in ad revenue on facebook is what through the election mm. is funny to me anyway so um, Political vigilante, guys. Yes. You can hear a lot more yeah. of this kind of talk. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, often a tangent so early. Normally, quick, it, it takes a little longer. Quick but note. speaking of Russians, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about Creed Two. <laughs> Chris Mancini, boy, that that this that that segue actually makes sense. I know. Usually, weird. Yeah. I you, tra- normally, it's a stretch. It usually yeah. makes zero sense. <laughs> yeah. You're just putting together a series of yeah. words. Yes. To, to try to get somewhere back on the ship. To get me to shut up. <laughs> sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It could be, any, it could yeah. be anything. Yeah. Speaking of... Uh, speaking a, of frogs. Speaking, uh, speaking of uh, yeah. lizard people living yes. amongst America. Yeah. Let's, let's talk, talk about Godzilla. Let's talk about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks is next week's yeah, guest, yeah. everybody. Tune in. Yeah, he's confirmed. He's confirmed. So what could happen? What could happen? <laughs> Nothing could go so, wrong. Uh, and uh, what I love about uh, some of the trivia on Rocky um, and Creed 2, just like Rocky Four, none of the prominent Russian characters are played by Russian actors. Amen. Dolph Lundgren here, is Swedish. Here. Florian <laughs> Montanu is German-Romanian. And Bridget Nielsen is Danish. So uh, uh, I will say this. Um, First of all, I liked Creed 2. I, I did. I liked it. I liked the I first, liked the first one. one. I liked this one, too. And, you know, it's getting mixed reviews. And honestly, I think it's a little unfair because you know what you're getting into with Creed mm-hmm. 2. This is a rematch. This is almost like a continuation from Rocky Four. And um, Drago's son yeah, is fighting. Come it's on. It's just fun. And it's fun. And it's, um, it's exactly what I expected. Like, I didn't go to this movie and then come out like... 
oh, that's nothing what I expected. No, it was exactly what I expected. And it was, um, it, it laid out the beats for me. It's um, the Jurassic Park of boxing yes. franchises. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like, it really is. I wanted, I know he's, he's he doubts himself. Mm-hmm. He can't make it. How's he gonna? Yeah, there, bum, there's, bum, a bum, 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 yeah there's a comeback. Yeah, there's a comeback, come on. <laughs> of course. And I'll tell you, this guy, Florian Montanu, plays uh, um, Dolph Lundgren's um, son. He is the biggest, scariest guy. Good. And, uh, and you're watching him, and I'm like, you know, I even, you know, because... Um, Drago killed yeah. Apollo Creed. Yeah, he yeah, killed his yeah, dad. This is yeah. fucking Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah like, it <laughs> totally is. And, and even when you're watching, like, Michael B. Jordan, uh, you know... He's, he's a great he's actor. A, he's a great actor, and he's ripped for this movie. Yeah. But next to him, he looks like, you know, just uh, like an infant. <laughs> Well, that's that great huge. casting. It is, and it it makes the um, the comeback and the fighting all the more <laughs> exciting and uh, and fun, and just it has, like you said, like that Shakespearean arc to it. And um, there is one thing that I want to mention about these movies because at the heart of these movies, it's really there's a family theme, but they don't hit it the way. Um, Fast and the Furious does. They don't say family every four minutes. Well, they don't say minutes. family. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. too bad. Uh, but but you, you look at like, um, you know, Rocky is estranged from his son. He lost his wife. He, um, you know, ultimately feels all alone. You know, um, Creed, Adonis Creed lost his father and he's estranged from his mom and uh you know he's in a a relationship that's good but at the same time he's looking for that father figure that he finds in rocky it almost reminds me a little bit in a weird way of like a batman and robin dynamic like ultimately when robin loses his family his parents and you know batman has lost his parents too he becomes a surrogate father to Mm -hmm. robin that's the the crux of that Mm -hmm. relationship um and this really feels that way the relationship between rocky and uh, Adonis Creed is so good and so heartfelt, and it's also unexpected. Like, you look at, like, they come from completely different backgrounds and uh, different cultures, and uh, but ultimately they have the boxing that um, kind of joins them together, but it, that's only the beginning. It's really that, um, that feeling of belonging to a family that really brings them together. Well, that's so, what made the first one mm-hmm. so great, I think, yeah. is, is that... that- that you know, spoiler alert, but that story thing that kind of came out of nowhere that you weren't expecting that was so heartfelt when Rocky gets cancer. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Creed's mm. son is like, uh And it could have so easily fallen into this trap of like, well, this is, you know, Apollo Creed's son. That it's his story. Yeah, Rocky will make a cameo. And like I'm like, no, no, Rocky is a major part of these stories and he should be it's true it's rocky yeah, he should be it's yeah like... and uh but they do it in such an amazing um and organic way that no character ever feels overpowered like oh this is just a rocky movie i'm like oh this is just like you know michael b jordan's movie it isn't it really is both their films and it works uh in an amazing way because it's it it has like a great balance of each it has a great balance of like this is the new generation and uh, everything from him like on his phone and Rocky doesn't even understand like, well, what about this list already? You know, I got it. I took a picture of it, you know, that kind of thing. And the nostalgia of like us growing up with the Rocky movies and they just mix in such a great way for these films because these films have such an easy way to go off the rails. Right. <laughs> you know, you screw up the nostalgia, you screw up the story, you screw up like the casting, you screw up anything could screw up in these movies. And, uh, 
but what I love too is the theme permeates even Dolph Lundgren's relationship with his son. So you see the theme throughout the entire film of all of the characters. Mm. Uh, so now I knew there was a scene shot, like I had a suspicion. I'm like, well, there's no way this movie would get made and Rocky and um, Sylvester Stallone and Dolph Lundgren aren't going to throw punches at each other. Sure enough, I checked the trivia. A brief fight scene between Rocky Balboa and Ivan Drago was filmed, but omitted from the theatrical release. Uh, so, What do I got to do to get yeah, that footage? I know. Um, so uh, there's uh, the scene would have taken place in the hospital by the security desk area. Both would exchange fists before immediately being broken up by security and Drago's crew. Now that's... Uh, um, and I'm thinking, uh, I don't know if I would have taken that out. I would like to have seen that. Of yeah, course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to crush him like yeah. I did your friend. Yeah. What? Like <laughs> two old guys throw, yeah. oh. and throwing down. Um, well. And I like, too, like when Adonis is looking at the, uh, quote, archival footage of Apollo Creed's death on his tablet, it's actually unused takes and angles from Rocky Four. So See, it's actually footage from the film. That's the mm. thing. When... You know, we're pretty critical of Hollywood when it yes. is doing money grabs and milking franchises. Mm -hmm. But when they do it right, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm on board. Right. I'm on board. Yeah. I understand you're trying to revive a franchise, mm -hmm. but they're doing it in the right way. They're doing it with right. a reverence mm -hmm. to the original. They're doing right. it with um like asking that this is what, what we always talk about, you know, in sequels and stuff and 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 franchises of like if these guys actually existed, what would their kids, you know, what are what are Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier's kids right. thinking today? What would they think and what would they do? What would they think and what would they do? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Apollo Creed was modeled after an Ali-style guy. He was a right. big talker. He was yep. a showboater mm -hmm. like Ali, you know, mm -hmm. and, and... Danced in the ring. Danced in the mm -hmm. ring. That was Ali. Uh, Rocky was modeled after an actual guy, the Bayonne Bruiser. I forget mm -hmm. his actual name. But he was a guy that fought Ali, and Ali said, this guy... Aaron, do you mind looking that dude's name up? Sure. Um, Ali said, this guy was the hardest... It was supposed to be some exhibition. It went 15 rounds. Right. And mm -hmm. Ali was like, what? I'm never fighting this guy again. <laughs> you know? And he was a... He was... He was a bouncer. He was a mob right. guy. It was who Rocky was modeled after. So mm -hmm. they modeled two realistic characters. They yes. weren't two-dimensional boxing guys. Mm -hmm. uh, Chuck Webner. And there's a great uh, 30 for 30 about Chuck Webner. Mm -hmm. And he, he, I think he sued Stallone, and there was a, there was oh, a settlement, right, you know, right. like, because mm -hmm. Stallone didn't, I don't know, whatever. That's a whole other issue. Yeah. But the point is, the Rocky story was born out of reality. You know, like you said, his relationship with Mick, because he didn't have a dad. Right. Mm -hmm. All those great scenes when, you know, he's kicked out of the gym in the first Rocky. Mm -hmm. And and Mick's, he's, yeah, breaking thumbs for a living. It's a living. Mm -hmm. It's a waste of life. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and then he gets the title shot. Mm-hmm. And Mick comes to his house, hat in hand, and and the and Rocky's like, "Where have you been?" You know, he's in that shitty apartment, that shitty life in Philly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so it's so gut wrenching. They tapped on the emotion so well, and sure, you can make the franchise went a little nuts with some of the other ones yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but even like when he went to Afghanistan, sure. Yeah, to <laughs> 
I think you're mixing yeah. Rambo. What? And, no. No, he fought. Movie. He fought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even Rocky Four was a little crazy and mm-hmm. outlandish, mm-hmm. but still, it had the heart of. Well, how are you going to top Mr. T? Like, where do you, you got to go Russian? Yeah, you got to go <laughs> Russia. And the great thing about, I mean, look what they look at the look at the the arc, right? Mm-hmm. So the like after Rocky won, he loses, and it's Rocky two, he wins, which was like, and Ro- again, they put all these things in there in Rocky two. His wife is having a baby. She's complications after surgery. He right. won't train. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Apollo Creed this time is not goofing around. He's not messing around. He's wanting to beat this guy's ass, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when Rocky wins in two, it sets up Creed in three when he gets his ass kicked in the beginning of three by, you know, this is just great. It's great Mm -hmm. theatrics. It's great human relationships and so the fact that they're carrying that now of course apollo creed's son would be watching footage and the right. fact that they used outtakes from from four mm-hmm. shows the brill the reverence to the whole arc of it well when when you really break down the movies like that you it, it's almost like it's boxing by way of professional wrestling storylines right it's <laughs> really yeah <laughs> So, uh, and that's what kind of um, keeps the story hooks in. Of course, it's got mm-hmm. cheesy moments. Yes. Mm-hmm. The wife or the mom or the girlfriend wringing her hands, you mm-hmm. better do yep. it. You know, mm-hmm. the slow-mo, mm-hmm. like yeah. that stuff. But there's so much, and that's what the first, that's what Creed was like. Creed mm-hmm. was one of the better Rocky movies to have been made. Yes. There's num- mm-hmm. There's Rocky 1. I, I would put Rocky 3. Then Creed, then two, maybe. I mean, like, if I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. I think, you know. Well, you also have, like, uh, then the ones that nobody watched, like, what, five? Yeah. And then, what was it, six? Did they yeah. have a six? There was yes. a, there was Rocky a six. Balboa. Rocky so Balboa. Rocky, oh, oh, Rocky Balboa. Well, when he was aging. Yeah. Uh, but even that one had all these one. great heartfelt yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah, that one actually, um, they more knew what to do with the character than mm-hmm. Rocky Five. Right. <laughs> So I think uh, um, that one with Tommy, where he's training Tommy Gun. That's five. Yeah. When uh, now, will this franchise continue? And should it? I don't know. I feel like this is like a great kind of swan song of like you know this is might be a great place to kind of put everything to bed. Uh, but who knows if it makes a ton of money and it, may, it does really good and you know on VOD and DVD there might be like well, all right the get Michael us another B. Jordan one. thing when they did this with Creed. See, if you look at five, you know, Tommy Gunn, mm. that's just like. Because really. That was the, that you know, was stunt casting. I'm sure there's a way that, you know, the development people are talking about, well, you know, we could make these without Rocky and just kind of focus on Adonis Creed. And you could, but the movies will not be as good because the heart of these movies is the relationship between these two characters. So and you who, lose one of them. And that's yeah. the other thing, too, about Rocky's character in the first Creed. His wife's dead. He doesn't talk to his son that often. Mm-mm. He's living in the same neighborhood again. He's had the yeah. money and the mansions and the mm-hmm. whole thing. You know, yep. this is an older, broken man. Yeah, and he, every uh, every move he hits those beats. I'm not going to train you. I'm not going to train. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'll train you. <laughs> sure, of course it's going to happen. But you know, we got to fill the full, the two hours. We got to, so, you know, yeah, and yeah. we got to have gotta a say like no first. Got to say no first, mm-hmm. and then we got to have a training montage when he finally right, does exactly. say yes. Yeah, you got to yeah. have a training montage. Yeah. 
Bam, 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 bam. You got to have Hero's journey. Got to resist the call to action. Yes. Yeah, first. Uh, so it, uh, all in all, honestly, I know it's getting mixed reviews, but I really liked it. I thought it was a, a, a fun movie. I thought it was like it, it, it towed the line really well between nostalgia and something new and different and interesting. And I, I really liked the, uh, the family theme that went through pretty much the whole film and, you know, every character, even the villains. So I just I enjoyed the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it mm-hmm. yet. I can't wait to see it. Um, all right. So I saw The Discovery. Yes. Which is a Netflix movie. Mm, all right. So we're already going in. <laughs> going, <laughs> With lower mm. expectations. Now, this movie won some awards. It won up at Sundance, obviously. <laughs> Not by coincidence, because Robert Redford's in it. Mm-hmm, weird. Um, <laughs> this is a really cool interesting movie and i highly recommend it i mean it is the perfect like so this for sure was most likely a um a netflix acquisition not a production yes absolutely but Mm -hmm. unlike some of the other ones that we that we've talked about on this show Mm -hmm. it it was an acquisition my guess is they had to go after versus right no one wanted to buy it so we got it at the dollar store yeah they actually probably had to outbid a few yeah they probably did because Mm -hmm. The and pre- you know what? They can do it. They can do it. <laughs> the premise is really cool. So um, Robert Redford's character has created the technology to prove that there's life after death. Okay. That's and a little science, science fiction element. Really too. cool science fiction element. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Siegel is his kind of estranged son. Okay. Um who I don't know that I would, when I heard that casting, I was like, I don't know. He does a good job. Jason Mm Siegel does a good job. And it says here that one of the things he did, um, he watched a lot of Robert Redford movies uh, when when Redford was his age to sort of get an idea of how would, you know. How does a young Robert Redford act? Right. If Mm -hmm. I'm his kid, I'm going to kind of be like him a little bit. Right. Um, and he watched Three Days of the Condor, which he said is one of the most influential f- films on, on acting for this role. Three Days of the Condor is a great movie. It is a great movie. Um, which I highly recommend. I highly recommend watching The Candidate. You know, talk about a remake. Like oh, uh, Three Days of the Condor would be a good... And you modernize remake. it now yes. with all of mm-hmm. the corruption and the deep state shit that's got yeah, going on yeah. now. And the surveillance. Oh, God. Like, uh, it'd be a real interesting uh, yes. remake. That was started by Bush and expanded by Obama. Yeah, the surveillance state. <laughs> yep. Um, well, you always got to drop one in. Yep, got it. <laughs> you open the door to politics, Chris. <laughs> so I'm talking about Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what's happened in the film is then Robert Redford is doing more research, and there's a cult following surrounding him. Mm-hmm. And what's happening? And this is this is such this is such great science fiction writing when you sit there and you come up with a cool science fiction premise and then you go how would it affect how would people react to this well the choice that the screen the the filmmaker and the screenwriter made was there's this crazy high suicide rate Mm -hmm. because people are like oh i want to go find the new life pat they there's some name i forget the name for it's like i'm gonna continue on or whatever because the afterlife has been proven people want to get there quicker yes oh interesting that is a cool concept so Mm -hmm. there's this this is a cool thing that the filmmaker did so there's this sign you see out like choose life don't kill yourself because over four million people around the world have killed themselves that's introduced early on because of this technology because of this technology 
So there's a counter Mm -hmm. in the background. They never point to it. They never talk to it. Just in the background. Hey, choose life. We've we've already had 4 million so-and-so thousand suicides this year. Choose life. And you see throughout the movie, the number goes up. Oh, right, right. You know, it's, well, it's not going to go down. It ain't going down. <laughs> so, and it, they get into, and then um, I got to bring up the actor's name, um, who plays Robert Redford's other son, um, who, is, speaking of Michael B. Jordan, he was um, on a Friday Night Lights TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he plays the other type of brother. Um, the discovery. Um, and let me bring that actor's name up. Uh, oh, Jesse Plemons. So he plays. Oh, it's from uh, Breaking Bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, who he plays. It, it was really good casting and really good writing and then really good acting from Jesse Plemons of, so Jason Siegel is a neurologist mm-hmm. who obviously chose to be a neurologist, kind of just dis, sort of disprove his dad's stuff because he mm-hmm. he's at odds with his dad's findings and teachings a little bit. Jesse Plemons is, works for his dad on this compound um, and he's completely different than his, you ever, you know, I mean, I, my brother and I are very different guys Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. These two brothers, completely different, but related. You can tell they're related. They did a really good job of, of capturing the subtle nuances of that Mm -hmm. Um, versus just sort of, you could fall down two dimensional cliche rabbit holes Mm -hmm. of, of dead, like you better, you know, just, Mm -hmm. just dumb bullshit like that. But it was really cool and interesting. And the, what was interesting was the ethical, and scientific discussions and debates they keep having as they go down this road. And and Rumi Mara plays a woman that Jason Siegel meets. They're both going to this this uh, place where you know Robert Redford runs his facility or whatever. And it's really it asks some great questions mm-hmm. that I that's good science fiction, right? When you the when you the viewer go oh God what would what do I what, what would happen what would yeah. happen mm-hmm. what do I think if this mm-hmm. was actually invented where mm-hmm. would I land on would I be mm-hmm. in a, would I agree with it right and um, so it's really it, it's a little bit of a mystery now, story how, how does religion play into the story because you know if this technology would get invented and exists um, the big religions of the world would weigh in on it. That is a great point that they decided to just not really deal with. Oh, that's interesting. Which I didn't even really think of that. They were literally just dealing with the science of it mm-hmm. and people's reactions. Okay. Um, because I think you could have, that could have been a whole, its own movie. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I, you know what I mean? Because I think the religious, all the different religions and everyone who follows all these different religions from the passive um, subscribers to religions to the zealots, mm-hmm. I think that's 
They, Might have been too big of a can of worms. It's too big though, of a can yeah. of worms, I think, because mm-hmm. it just sort of talked about... In a feature, maybe yeah, a miniseries. In a series, <laughs> because I think they just sort of generally, the, the suicide thing mm-hmm. sort of generally touched on that, because I'm sure a lot of the suicide people were like, well, I'm going to go meet my God. Right. Because I'm fill-in-the-blank religion. Mm-hmm. Um it really had to do with the the personal and human reasons why they all are doing this, mm-hmm. and um, does it exist? And if it did, what would you what should you do with this technology? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really I give the filmmaker a, they made a really cool little. It's a great Netflix movie. Just chill, uh, hang out, watch it. You know, like didn't get a chance to get to the theaters this weekend, mm-hmm. and I watched it, and it was great. Like it was, I was like, wow, that was a really, you know, I know I'm on the couch and I'm not now, looking on my phone during I'm, the movie. <laughs> I'm curious too, because uh, Netflix has been doing so many of these acquisitions and productions of these films. Like, did you see this film promoted at all? Or was it something you nope. just went onto Netflix and it came into your feed or something yep. like that? Mm-hmm. It totally came into the feed. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? I didn't know anything about it. Because it makes you wonder, too, like Netflix is, are they almost inventing like a different form of advertising? Like uh, they're not concerned as much with trying to get someone to uh, subscribe to Netflix just to see that film as they are about keeping you as a subscriber by giving you new content and presenting it to you. I think that's absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. I think it's... Because if you're in a... Because there was no... I haven't seen a billboard nope. with the movie on. I haven't seen anything mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything on social media. I haven't mm-hmm. seen anything. I think if you... Yeah, I think that's what Netflix is doing. Because if you're an existing subscriber and you're starting to go, ah, oh, there's nothing on Netflix anymore. I've mm-hmm. seen everything. Which is part of the problem with the movies for me and uh, for us, for what we do. I'm like, I've seen all of these. I've seen everything Right. <laughs> I've seen the majority <laughs> of your film collection. <sighs> Sometimes I've gone back and watched, like I just watched V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. which was cool. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. And it takes some liberties from the graphic novel yes. mm-hmm. that I. But not in a bad way. Not in a bad mm-hmm. way. I didn't have a problem with it. Right. You know? Um, and so I do stuff like that. So when I find this movie and and I'm worried because like, oh, it's a Netflix movie. Like, uh uh-oh, they either put money into something that's dumb or they bought something no one wanted, you know, some yard sale film. Right. (laughs) Um, But no, it's it's really, the discovery is really cool science fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, check it out. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they might be realizing too, because all they all Netflix does is study their data, their algorithms, yeah, that, that, and that they don't share with anyone. that they don't share with anyone else. So, if they're starting to find that their original movies and their exclusive movies, be they acquisitions or or um, produced, and specifically genre based, genre based, if those aren't doing, people aren't watching them, or they're mm-hmm. watching them for 15 minutes and bailing, right. or they're just avoiding them because they're like, oh, it's a Netflix movie, mm-hmm. then they're going to change. Right. And maybe that's what this is. Like, there's this new Michael Pena movie that's a Netflix exclusive that I just saw a trailer for that's science fiction. It's about, it's called Extinction, I believe. There's an alien invasion. Oh, no, I saw that movie. It's awful. It's awful. Okay, so yeah, that movie's, yeah. that movie's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, so we talked about that a couple months ago. Right. Yeah, it they, was 
terrible. It was one of those when I watched like three or four in a row, and they were all awful. That right. was one of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is the diamond in the rough. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> but you know what I did rewatch with my son because he was watching it, and that it, it is a great Netflix movie. It's uh, um, the Pee Wee Takes a Holiday, like oh. the Pee Wee the Herman movie. It's fantastic. It's so funny and so um, ridiculous that it's like, you know, there's no way Paul Rubin's going to be able to play this character again. Nope. He was like putting on a suit. Literally, it's he was able to do it immediately again. Um, and it was just fun and funny and ridiculous and knew exactly what it was supposed to be. And it, uh, they pulled it off. I think when you develop a character... You know, he, Paul Rubin created Pee Wee Herman. Mm-hmm. He wasn't hired to play this guy. He no. created this guy. It's fr- part of him. From the ground up. Yeah, yeah, it is part of him. So if mm-hmm. he doesn't play that character for 15 years, he could put it, put right. the suit on and... Yeah. And uh, But what surprised me, I think one of the most, one of the most of the things that surprised me was that like, does he not age? He actually still looks like Pee Wee Herman from the Tim Burton movie. Right. Like, like, that's right. ridiculous. I, I should see some kind of, unless they... You know, Benny buttoned him every scene where <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, uh, they CG'd him in every single scene to make him look younger, but I don't think so. I think it's literally just him and makeup and yeah. they, he pulled it off. So good for him, not aging. Um, all right, Graham, we've got some Patreon sponsors. Hello. I want to thank you guys again for being, um, a great big part of the, uh, the show as far as the, ad reads for patreon uh it's 50 dollars a month and we really appreciate you guys sticking around and like we said it's not something you you know have to just commit to for like six to eight months you want to do it for a month or two that's perfectly fine we really appreciate it like Mm -hmm. some of you just kind of do it for a couple months and up and go up and down with your pledge tiers that's we're not judging we appreciate you know you do it for one month we appreciate it absolutely any way you guys can help the show Mm -hmm. and we talk about this too there's a lot of free ways to help the show as well yes liking subscribing Mm -hmm. Sharing's a big Sharing one, too. Sharing the stuff, pushing it out, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. All those things help. Following at Comedy Film Nerds on social media Great helps. reviews on iTunes, yep. things like that. All that stuff helps. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Johnny Rulon still here. Uh, promoting his novel, Green Cheek, and it's uh, Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and immortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. That's happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And the Audacity Performing Arts Project produces after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low-performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Please visit them at audacityperformingarts.com. That's audacityperformingarts.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide is a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death. One cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. That's coffeeoversuicide.com. And Alice Frazier, uh, co-host of the Bugle podcast and host of Team with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April of this year with a binaural microphone, which creates an immensely immersive listening experience go to alicefraser.com and she's had over a hundred thousand downloads that's fantastic that's so so great i hope i hope many of them came from this show yes (laughs) um but that's so wonderful Mm -hmm. and good for alice she's really hilarious and team with alice is a really cool absolutely podcast um 
And Rebecca Evans, The Arts Podcast. When we move past hesitation and we're true to ourselves, we find our own art in life. You want to hear some fun stories and get inspired? Check out The Art. And check out Facebook.com slash The Art Podcast with an S. Yeah, it's a really fun uh, podcast. It's a cool conversation. Mm -hmm. She asks a lot of really cool questions. And I love seeing like a podcast fan who just listens, been listening for years, come to the festival, and then is like, you know what, I'm going to start my own. I know. Yeah, there's there's very little barriers to entry in the podcast world. That's what the PodFest was Mm -hmm. all about. Yeah, to inspire. Uh-huh. Uh, and La Calavera by Alan Ross. It's the story of a pirate radio operator who decides to go into the pirate cable TV business. Darren Loney, together with a group of misfits and the questionable guidance of a spiritual advisor in the form of Richard Nixon, gear up to take on the world's largest media conglomerate and its egomaniacal celebrity CEO. Now, you can check it out on Amazon in ebook and hard copy. All right. You want to check out some trailers, oh, Graham? Oh, buddy, let's trailer it up. Now, but first, let me ask you while you're pulling it up. Are you a Pokemon fan? Um, You know, you'd think I would be, mm. but turns out, no. And that's weird. I yeah. Know, it's, uh, you haven't been able to catch them all? You know, Chris, <laughs> I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're going to check out Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Oh. Which is a live-action Pokemon movie, the first one. Official trailer. Mm-hmm. And you'll never guess who does the voice for po- Pikachu. Mortsol. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. Of course, a bunch of Warner Brothers and legendary money Tim, behind it. Mm-hmm. Your dad was a legend in this precinct. If you were anything like your dad. I'm not. Is it Ken Watanabe? I remember. You wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when you were young. Yeah, that didn't really work out. I wonder if he said, after The Last Samurai, I want to do a Pokemon movie. Someone there? (laughs) Whoever you are, I know how to use this. Oh, jeez. Here we go. I know. You can't understand me. But put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. Yes, it's Deadpool. <laughs> nice. It's Ryan Reynolds. Did you just talk? <laughs> Whoa. Did you just understand me? Oh my God! You can understand me! Stop! I've been so lonely! They try to talk to me all the time. All they you hear know, is as cynical as we are as movie uh, reviewers and goers, um, these Pokemon live action are adorable. Yeah. You're adorable. They can't understand me, kid. Can no one else hear him? I don't need a Pokemon. Period. Then what about a world-class detective? And because if, if you want to find your pops, great. <laughs> I'm your best bet. We're gonna do this, you and me. <laughs> Pokemon buddy cop movie. <laughs> I surprisingly am becoming on board with this. If you say Pokemon film, I immediately yeah. say He's no. But now, Got a Sherlock Holmes hat on. Listen up. We got ways to make you talk. Or mine. Yeah. So tell us what we want to know. Pipe. Yes. Okay. I can. Shoving. Pushing. My problem is that I push people away and then hate them for leaving. He's saying you can shove it. What? I can shove it? Okay, that's it. No, we're switching roles. I'm bad cop. You're good cop. No, 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 no. We're not cops. In my head, I saw that differently. (laughs) 
Detective Pikachu, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Um, my kids want to see it. I'm on board, and I think it's going to make millions and millions of dollars. It's going to do... Mm-hmm. It's the smartest thing anyone's ever yes. done with any movie. <laughs> and uh, this next trailer just dropped, and um, I wanted to make sure we talked about it. It's the Captain Marvel second trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. I think... I think I saw this... I saw a Captain Marvel trailer when I was in the studios. This just dropped a day ago, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I saw this. So oh, it already has ten million views. What a surprise! Bad guys. And you're a Cree, a race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. They, they Samuel Jackson very nicely, too. I love that he's pre-Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, he still has an eye. began yeah. the day it nearly ended. We found you with no so memory. So this is uh, Green Lantern's origin story, right? Best pilot, <laughs> Aliens Finder, and so give her a ring. Yep, <laughs> fine. Stronger, <laughs> superior. You were reborn. It's not like Marvel DC, but I keep having these <laughs> memories. Something in my past is the key to all of this. You know how to fly this thing? We'll see. That's a yes or no question. Yes. feeling comfortable as well like you can see just from the trailers that like uh, really like, okay are. yeah she doesn't feel uncomfortable in a superhero movie i feel like she was, like she was born to play this role here. it's a it's yeah. a testament to how good of an actress she is because you. when you think brie larson you're not like you oh badass away. action hero no thinking room yeah think. room at, I mean, which she's yeah. amazing in well, yeah uh-huh. but sort of like great actress great actress but it's just the beginning. this is what a great actress can do I'm right is take a part like this and kick ass yeah. I'm gonna end it. And I love how they're setting it in the 90s, so they're setting up this character so that she appears in it, the next Infinity War. It's like she didn't just come out of nowhere. Right. So smart. Like the dumbest thing they could have done was do Infinity War and then have this movie come out after it. I'm like, well, who's Captain Marvel? I'll be back. Smart Marvel is. It's like, well, no, we gotta really introduce this character first before we see her. It's like Black Panther. What if you just saw Black Panther in Infinity War without having his movie first? Right. You wouldn't know what was happening. Yeah, you wouldn't care as much. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really smart, and they're releasing it what in March, which is used to be the dead zone. Oh no, is it or is it February? March. It's March. Okay, that February March used to be a dead zone. Not anymore. No. I mean. February could still use a few more movies, but uh, March is starting to get to be a, a blockbuster month. Yeah, mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. You can't, and because we've talked about this, you can't dump five superhero movies in three months. No. You know, just in June, July, and August. So right. why not spread them yeah, out? Yeah, spread them out. Question. Um, yes. What is that? What is that last joke there at the end with the cat? Mm-hmm. Is the cat's name Fury? What's, what's happening? Uh, I think it's a Marvel Easter egg that we're missing. Yeah, yeah I, I have no <laughs> But I'm not sure what it There's is. There's some diehard Marvel yeah. fans listening yeah. right now going, All right, screaming. We can text Jackie Cation and find out. <laughs> okay, let's do that. <laughs> so, 
Okay, and uh, on DVD and Blu-ray, we have Mission Impossible Fallout. Now, this is the kind of movie that uh, I kind of had mixed feelings about. It was decent. It was like, okay, had some good stunts and good sequences in it, but ultimately it was still like old-school, old-style Hollywood action movie making, which in a weird way could have been really satisfying, but they kind of fell into those old cliches at the same time they were doing these amazing set pieces and stunts. I'm like, well, you're kind of like right in the middle. You're not really sure. Like, do you want to go meta? Do you want to make something a little more interesting? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be classically in that old school action spy, James Bondy kind of Mission Impossible TV show? And that's, they really did not deviate or do anything differently in this this movie. The things I always say about these Mission Impossible movies... But I will say, I liked it better than the last couple. Sure. So. They're always entertaining, I guess. Mm-hmm. This one, like you say, is, is more entertaining than the last ones. Yes. But I ne- it's always like eating fast food. Right. Mm-hmm. You never remember it. Yeah. What I, I couldn't tell you what plot or what story. I, I could I could tell you there were some helicopters in it. And I know yeah. he, he did a lot of his own stunts, which yeah. was great. And it was mm-hmm. really made the... A couple of people got punched. A couple of people got shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise learned how to fly a helicopter, so right. those helicopter scenes are like, wow. Yeah, they're amazing. They're really mm-hmm. cool. But... At the end of the day, it's I like, well, they're disposable. I can't mm-hmm. tell you anything. Like, I can't even... Right. I forgot most of that movie, like, the moment mm-hmm. I walked out of the theater. Right. It's... Or even while you're watching While it. you're watching yeah, it, yeah. you're just it's like, like it's, oh, it's going out yeah. of your memory. I, it is. Yeah. Um, the next movie is The Nun. This is another um, movie that's, you know, it's like, The Conjuring is like the Cloverfield franchise where they, um, there's a couple that, uh, one or two that they clearly have a tie to that universe. Then there's like four or five that they're just very loosely attaching to them. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. Um, so I didn't see it. I mean, it didn't do as well as the other Conjuring movies, but uh, I think this franchise and this Conjuring Cinematic Universe is going to keep going. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be another Annabelle doll movie at some point. You know, maybe there'll be like an Avengers style thing where you'll have Annabelle the doll, the nun, and then the uh, paranormal investigators all in one movie fighting <laughs> in a battle royal. <laughs> um, the next movie is The Happy Time Murders. Um, universally panned. Again, another movie that really had some potential but you know neil didn't like it there was there was not it's a cool premise not, yeah, cool concept but why and also yeah. you have like it was literally done by brian henson who um grew up with everything he was parroting and uh satirizing so um i really felt like it could have been good or interesting mm-hmm. but it just wasn't it was um uh, for, it was pretty flat <laughs> Yeah, um, it kind of a missed opportunity, I think. Yeah, yeah. So because it's a cool premise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was. If you do a Google search, you'll find very, very few um, positive reviews on that no, film. None. <laughs> um, Operation Finale. Now, I saw this movie, and I'll tell you, I was excited about this movie. And uh, if you ever want to see a World War II um, historical drama without any tension, see this movie. <laughs> It was one of those movies where it just it was missed the mark so badly. I'm like, I don't even care. Nothing's happening. I don't care. They're trying to get, you know, a Nazi war criminal out of the country, but it's taking two and a half hours. Why is it taking so long? Just they're put they're them trying on to the they're truck. trying to get a they're literally trying to get a form signed. That's what I'm watching for an hour. Uh, oh. so so well, I there's don't, nothing like a red tape clerical yeah, movie. Yeah, that yeah, just and I'm thinking, you know, how how tight and how um 
just on the edge of my seat, like a movie like Munich was. Right. And this is right. like, this is like the opposite of that. And that's the thing. Like, if you can't find tension in a World War II movie, right? Yeah, you know, or just a little bit of the history and finding Nazi war criminals. It doesn't have to be boys from Brazil. Yeah, but you know, you got to put something in here. Something. Yeah. So um, they all tried to hide. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what what what, what was going on. Not there. a lot of DVD choices, yeah. guys. Yeah, no. So uh, I think you go watch the Discovery on Netflix. Yeah. is what you do, and then you go Check to the out. go to the movie theaters and see mm-hmm. what we're getting into now. There's all these there's all these amazing movies. Like we're getting into Oscar time yep. now, we're, and we're also it, it's a mix now of counter programming where we have the Oscar movies, but now we also have like summer movies too that are being released. Let me too. let me go back to this real quick. Mm-hmm. Since Creed first one got some nominations. Yes. Do you think mm-hmm. Creed 2 will get any? No, I don't. I think Creed 2 was more of a popcorn movie, uh, and it was just more fun, and it was lighter. Like, it didn't really have those um, really, really heavy dramatic beats. It had some of them, but not the way that um, not the way that the first one did. The first one really focused on the relationship and the, uh, the drama of it. This one was a mix. It had the relationship and the drama, but really it was about, you know, it was like Rocky IV. Mm-hmm. It was really leading up to this fight to defeat a Russian. <laughs> so right. um, that's not to take anything away from the film. It, you know, it, it, set, it accomplished what it set out to do. It had a mix of all those elements together, and I thought it, it succeeded um, wonderfully. But do I think it'll be nominated for anything? No, I don't. Right. So, all right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, all right, now, Site Spotlight. Okay, guys, we are still in the middle of our uh, big holiday push in the store. You use the code Skynet, get 25% off everything, including... 20 or 25? 20, excuse me, 20%. Yeah, 20% off anything in the store, including, you know, the earbuds DVDs that will sign my graphic novel. I think we even have some of um, Graham CDs. We still have a stock. Um, yep. We have... Um, Make Gotham Great Again t-shirts. We've got all the Dana Gould stuff, all the Thrilling Adventure Hour stuff, and there's still some Crab Feast stuff left. There's some shirts, and then there's also um, a couple of hats left. You know, we're almost out, but there's some left. Yeah, and we're mm-hmm. going to do a special here. All of Doug Benson's CDs are yes. $4.99, and you get a free t-shirt with every t-shirt order. That's still going. So then That's you can put going. 20% mm-hmm. on top of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you could get a Doug Benson CD for $4. And a lot of them are signed. They're signed. I think uh, 90% of them are signed. I think there's... Uh, I think Unbalanced Load is the only one that isn't signed. Right. The rest are signed. And uh, so you're getting like a Doug Benson memorabilia yeah. for $4.99 plus another 20% off if you put the code in. And then if you buy a T-shirt on top of that, you get another T-shirt for free. And like, a lot of this stuff, guys, we're not going to get more of. We're no, just, this is it. But this is mm-hmm. it. So this is the last opportunity to get it. You're supporting mm-hmm. the site. You're supporting independent artists. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that T-shirt deal goes for uh, we have one – uh, item in the store that is the new Comedy Film Nerds logo plus a mystery shirt. If you buy that, for, I think it's like 30 bucks. That's two shirts. You get an extra two shirts free. So you'll end up with four shirts if you get that. Look at that. Mm-hmm. So Get on. your holiday shopping yeah. done with us, guys. Yes. We'll get it out. Order before the 20th and yeah. you, you'll we'll get, get it out. We'll get it mm-hmm. out to you. The coupon code ends December 15th. Aaron, when are you going out of town? Oh, perfect. All right. So um, instead of packing, you'll be uh, shipping out orders for CFN on the 20th. Yeah, there you go, on perfect. the 20th. <laughs> Aaron travels late. Yes. <laughs> He'll work it out. So do your yeah. Christmas shopping with us, guys. As we mm-hmm. say, spend $20 with us once a year, and we can really keep things going on. It's a great way. You're getting cool stuff. You're supporting independent artists. You're making more room in the garage for Chris. 
Yes. And his family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we can buy a pool table. So they can buy a pool table. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, the Mancinis the a need table. a pool table yeah. or foosball yeah. or yeah. something. Help us out. Help the, help the Mancinis <laughs> uh, play a little more snooker. Yes. As a family. <laughs> um you know, you got to teach the kids to grift early. You got to, <laughs> if you don't, you guys are Italian. You got to yeah. teach them how to run scams. Yeah, come on. You know what I you mean? Know, there's not even enough room for a three-card Monty table you in know. the garage. <laughs> so. <laughs> we got to move these Dana Gold shirts. We got, we're, we've been in ATC for a couple years now, so yeah. the garage, we need to turn it into a pool hall. Yes, that's the goal. Where there's scams and gambling yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. unsavory types hanging yeah. out. <laughs> Drinking juice boxes. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> guys guys going on 20-hour pool shark yeah. benders and brill cream. You know what I mean? So so that's what we're heading towards in 2019. That's, what <laughs> that's one of our yeah. long-term <laughs> yeah. uh, plans as a company. So, and premiering this week, Mary Queen of Scots, period piece. Oh, mm. man, do I can't. Really? Hollywood's making a English-accented yeah. period piece with gowns and bullshit. Although I think this one's... Uh, it's uh, this one, Mary Queen of Scots. Is this the guy that did the lobster? Let's pull it up. I'm not sure if they're there. Oh, so no, it is. I don't think it is. I'm thinking of a different one. Um, Mary Queen of Scots, right? It's got Sorcy Ronan and oh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Stewart's attempt to overthrow her cousin Elizabeth I, Queen of England, finds her yeah. condemned to years of imprisonment before facing execution. This is a Oscar push movie, if ever there was one. Yep, it's mm-hmm. got all these Oscar nominees in it, and former winners and, and whatever. Saoirse and Margot are going to be fighting with each other to get that nomination yeah. <laughs> because they, uh, you know, according to the trailers, it really feels like it's that kind of movie where it's all about their relationship and their, you know, ultimately their um, conflict. So, but it also feels like. You know, these type of movies like Elizabeth and all those things, you have um, one main character like a Meryl Streep or, or somebody where it's the main focus of the film. This one is specifically like these are two big actresses mm-hmm. that are kind of colliding on screen. So I think it, there's a very possible if the movie's good, there could be two actor nominations sure. from this one. Um, ben is back. This is the Julia, uh, Julia Roberts film. But her son is an addict, and he comes back for Christmas unexpectedly. It looks good, and it looks like uh, it looks dramatic and heartfelt. But uh, you know, it's who knows what could happen with this movie. Well, you know, you know there's several addiction movies out there. There's the mm-hmm. one with Steve Carell, yes, uh, and there's this one. And you know, the Steve Carell one is based on a true story. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if this one is. I'll, I'll look mm-hmm. it up. But you know, I mean, look, this country's in an opioid epidemic, so we're we're having some serious addiction issues. Um, well, you know, in, in a weird way, Hollywood always tends to reflect the um, a trend or a um, a mood of the country, but always in a later manner because it takes so long to make movies. Right. Like um, like when you look back, like movies like this were probably in development two years ago, and then they right. finally got greenlit. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is directed mm-hmm. by Peter Hedges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lucas Hedges plays her son. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 an interesting. I'll read the follows the charming yet troubled Ben Burns, who returns home to his unsuspecting family on one fateful Christmas Eve. Ben's wary mother Holly, which is played by Julia Roberts, welcomes her beloved son's return, but soon learns he's still very much in harm's way. During the 24 hours that change their lives forever, Holly must do everything in her power to avoid the family's downfall. 
So, I mean, I, I hats off to Hollywood for making a movie talking about addiction instead of the standard Christmas, it's the season, the family fights, and they learn mm. the real reason for the seasons. Like, no, man, drug addiction doesn't give a shit about your holidays. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it really mm. doesn't. And mm. you're going to have to face the realities of it. I hope the movie is dealing with it that way. Right. And not the like, Santa got him sober, and the true no, meaning of I, Rudolph I, I don't got think him. From the trailer, it looks like it's more uh, realistic, and and uh, um, it has some things to say, which is which looks really interesting. The problem is, it's one of those things where, yeah, the trailer is the trailer misrepresenting the movie. Is it is it not as compelling or interesting, or is it one of those things where it, it there's a lot of Hollywood elements to it that are out of the trailer that, you know, kind of give that Hollywood gloss and sheen that look over oh, stuff. Oh, did so the trailer editor do a very good job of just taking the handful of really compelling scenes? Right. And the rest of it is a bunch of Hollywood bullshit? Yeah, we don't, we don't know. We don't but, know. Uh, I'm hoping not, especially because of the where it's being released. Like, this is kind of like mm-hmm. the dramatic impact window <laughs> of films. So I'm curious to see it. I, I, yeah, I, I'd like mm-hmm. to see it too. And I really, mm-hmm. I, I haven't had a chance to see the Steve Carell one. I want to see that mm-hmm. one because- Welcome to Marwen. No, well, that one too looks compelling, but the one where his son, that's based on the yes. true story, mm-hmm. um, because we, not only we have an opioid epidemic, I'm hearing all over the place, man, um, the, New York, LA, San Francisco, Sacramento, that cocaine is out of control. Everyone's oh, doing cocaine. Oh, making a comeback. Yeah, yeah. It's the 80s all over Everyone again. Everyone in our age group mm-hmm. says that. It's coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's gonna, it's decimating... We saw, it, we saw it ruin comedy scenes, mm-hmm. right? We saw clubs that were doing well. Right. The club owner was doing it. The club went nosedive. We saw, mm-hmm. we know comics that it ruined their lives that are dead. It's not a cheap drug. It's not a cheap drug. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, lucky if you're white and you do that, you don't get criminalized as much as if you're black and you do crack. Uh- <laughs> well, I did read a very disturbing article, not to bring the show down, but uh, the with the opioids and the drug addiction and the suicides, the life expecting in this country has actually gone down. Yep. Which is, which is <laughs> we need to work on that. Yeah. We, we definitely need to address this. And honestly, I think this is a great place where artists can help with that. Well, like if we're making projects like this, if we're raising awareness, like, you know, a movie like Boy Erased mm-hmm. is another great example of like bringing, um, you know, a compelling uh, story to an issue that people may not be aware of. I think it's the job of artists to talk about issues that are really hurting mm-hmm. and, 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 and uh, us today, which is why I know I'm super critical of movies like Mary Queen of Scots. I'm sure it's a fine film and it's, you know, it's a relevant point in history and stuff like that. But I, I part of me feels like it's why I'm, I, I resonate more with a story like I talk mm. about this movie, like Moonlight or whatever. Right. Because it's like. Well, you know, Hollywood has to understand there's room for both. You know, you can. You right. can re- and I really feel like they don't understand that. No. It's like, well, we're either going to make an issue piece or an Oscar piece. It's like, we, we're not making two. Right. I'm like, well, no, you, you can. And the issue mm. piece with the, the period piece or, or the, you know, the, the Oscar period piece with the gowns and the accents. Mm-hmm. Well, that we're going to push that. And we're going to make five superhero movies for yeah, $200 million. I know. Each. And it's yeah. like, why can't we have, why aren't we talking about these that are happening to people mm-hmm. today? Yeah. And what, why is, is drug addiction and suicide so prevalent? What is fueling this? Is mm-hmm. there, is it because 60% of the country doesn't have a thousand dollars in savings and people are just feeling broken and stressed out? What is it? You know, like, I'd like to see that movie. I'd like to see a movie, 
a dramatic film about the fact that Flint still doesn't have drinkable water. I'd like, I'd rather see that over, oh no, the queen is well, scared of the yuggy-boo-boo. You know, one of the places that is getting those, uh, that treatment is not necessarily narrative films, but documentaries and, and the documentaries you can see. And look, uh, I love those documentaries. Yeah. Obviously, we're huge documentary fans and, and, I'm, and, and, and God bless the streaming services as we've talked about, for giving mm-hmm. the documentary more places to be seen. Right. Mm-hmm. But we we all know that a compelling... Um, like Aaron Brockovich. Yes. Mm-hmm. Look at the power of those types of right. movies, yeah. what and they do. so many more people see them. Right. Mm-hmm. Then watch an obscure documentary right. about... Like there's about a great, water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a great documentary about the op- opioid epidemic in, in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. How many people are watching it? Right. But again, if you did, but if a, Brad Pitt's an addict, try it. If yeah. Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie, yeah. are out, you know, if 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 somebody like that is an out of work coal miner that can't mm-hmm. find work, and they're they're going to the opioid, and we see the reality, the human cost of this, right? Because we hear opioid epidemic, oh, just don't do drugs. Well, what you know, the circumstances, like a movie like Fruitvale Station, mm-hmm. showed you. That's a real event that happened. It was awful. It was tragic. And it showed you the full character of the guy, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't an honor student. He was in some trouble. Right. But still got treated unfairly and was shot, which is mm-hmm. awful. Like, we got to see the whole... The whole picture. The whole picture. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we doing that more? So, yeah, I'd like to see more of that. Now, I, I do think, though... Um, we are in a transition as far as like um, media goes with all these streaming services mm-hmm. and Netflix dropping literally billions of dollars. Right. And uh, so I hope we'll see more. What I'd like to see more of, and we haven't really yet, is the return of the um, indie film being made by studios. Like we're not right. seeing those four or five million dollar movies anymore. That you know, like you know, like the a ten Fox or the fifteen dollar movie. Yeah, you know, the- yeah, or or even a ten or fifteen million. Like even like these, you know, but but. It used to be the place where you could have like a really interesting dramatic film, but it could also have the opportunity to break out because they were really good. But like mm-hmm. what we're seeing now is a bit more of marginalization where these type of passion projects often aren't that great right. <laughs> because they're the ones that no one is greenlit. And then I'm like, well, no, it's an indie film. We can raise the money or we can do whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that passion project that filmmakers have been trying to get for years. It's like a celebrity doing country strong or something like that that we don't that they're not necessarily um seeing like although i will say one place that that is happening is horror right you know you're seeing some right. innovation and interesting and new voices in horror but we're not necessarily seeing it as much in drama or even comedies right. as much which i would like to see i know we're so, seeing these big budget blockbuster comedies yeah mm-hmm. and then or dramas or dramas mm-hmm but then we're not again it would be really interesting and we the little one sneak in that movie that Chris Evans did last year where he plays the uncle to the gifted daughter right mm-hmm. that was really that was an interesting thing you see little things sneak through like the Florida project but they're right. few and far between yeah that's yeah. the thing that's disappointing mm-hmm. so i'm hoping now with the you know the hunger for content for every little streaming service that that will change mm-hmm. where uh you know there's a little um there's a little more um funding of projects that should deserve to be seen right so uh next movie coming out is vox lux this is the weird kind of like almost like lady gaga ish 
movie that Natalie Portman is starring in with this crazy uh, oh, singer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we kind of split on this. I think it looks ridiculous and awful, but you were a little intrigued by the trailer. Yeah. I, the thing that I saw thought interesting about is with Natalie Portman and Jude Law. So mm-hmm. basically, the, an unusual set of circumstances brings unexpected success to a pop star. Uh, Brady Corbett uh, directs, is the writer director. I, you know, the trailer we watch makes me think that it kind of shows a little bit that that the newest Gaga Star is Born showed mm-hmm. of what that type of crazy fame right brings you brings you and um ultimately just can destroy you yeah <laughs> so i don't know is this going to be really intriguing or is this going to kind of black swanny its way yeah uh, black, black swan and and crazy glitter gowns yeah, so just <laughs> just black swan and doing selling out arena shows right yeah that's uh and then it's just that those two scenes the, over the, and over for, <laughs> for two hours <laughs> the black swan arena tour 2019 <laughs> So, all right, that is our show. Put it in the books, Graham. Triple fours, guys. Book it, clock it, sack it. None of those things made sense. First show of December 2018. 2018, guys. Mm -hmm. We're going to be locking it down. So we're going to, we'll be dropping episodes on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Yes. Uh, One of them will be our year-end thank you that we always Mm -hmm. do. And then we're going to do a preview of the movies coming out in 2019. Yep, the ones we're excited about. And Um, we'll uh, we'll just kind of let you know about what... um, we're most excited about and then uh always hit those message boards let us know what you're excited about for next one year. episode the guest will be meryl streep uh yes the <laughs> other one will be with will uh, be uh, brett ratner brett ratner <laughs> and president barack obama yes. so those are all confirmed <laughs> done deal lock them yep. in mm-hmm. <laughs> check those out <laughs> yeah so um no reason to be disappointed if when they cancel. Nope, those gu- mm-hmm. guests never cancel. Yeah. Today was mm-hmm. deliberately scheduled for just Chris and I. Yes. <laughs> we did not get a phone call at 1030 this morning no. ahead of a one o'clock mm-hmm. recording. That did not happen. No, not at all. So guys, we're halfway to 888. Mm-hmm. Make your 888 mm-hmm. plans. Um, it's going to be a big one yep. um, when that happens. Mm-hmm. So, so and enjoy it. On, on a serious note, <laughs> do we do an episode 500 something? So a year from now, roughly? So, yes, I think it would be the answer. Okay. We should do a five a year five a year five hundred a year five hundred episode. Yeah. If we're yeah. alive, we're Yeah, yeah. Chris and I are both AIs. I don't know yeah. if this might be a weird yep. time to bring yep. it up. We're we're gonna freeze our brains and then uh <laughs> we're gonna podcast two hundred years from now. <laughs> I was surfing this morning, it was so fucking cold, I think my brain did freeze. Yeah, nice. Well then you got a head start okay, on good. cryogenic uh, uh rejuvenation. <laughs> I just say, should we plan a special yes. episode and already we're in cryogenic yes, rejuvenation? Yeah. Well, that is the special episode. Well, you and we... I go in pods <laughs> for the 500th episode. 500, we're going to yeah. cryo-freeze, guys. So yeah. You know, ATC has a, uh, a cryo department. But yeah, they so. do. They just started a new cryo department. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to uh, Is Bobby Lee it headed up? Yeah. Or who, yeah. who, who runs that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, um, I think it sounds like a plan. So we're going to start a cryo-freeze tier on Patreon. Yes. Um, So Chris and I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) It's a weird reward, but... um, Um, It's more for us. Yeah. But you guys get to Mm. watch us go into Mm. cryo-freeze. Yeah, on a live stream. So (laughs) (laughs) We're going to... And we'll leave it up for 200 years until we get thought out. So if Mm -hmm. you can cryo-freeze yourself... Watching us. Watching us. Then you can come back and watch... 
us being uh, woken up. Episode 501 mm-hmm. in the year 2248. Yes. And then be completely disoriented because the world has changed so much we have no frame of reference. Well, humans won't be around anymore and the environment. Well, we'll be woken up by giant cockroaches. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> there won't be any breathing. For food. For, for, for food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So vote with your dollars, guys. Yeah, support the yeah. show. Yep. Cockroach, cryo-freeze mm-hmm. tier coming your way soon. Yep. yep. <laughs> Hashtag raid. <laughs> writing that down um hashtag raid all right ladies and gentlemen that is our show thank you so much thanks for listening thank you to aaron brungart and everyone here at the all things comedy world headquarters at an undisclosed location somewhere in the san fernando valley Mm -hmm. my name is graham elwood and i'm chris mancini and as always remember han Han shot shot first. first don't do opioids